to the Inner Dominatrix Podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. Today, I have a very fun guest. So, Barb Stulemer is my business strategist. She's the one that I turn to for ideas on systems and getting my business rocking and really being able to take it big, you know, and getting things going to that next level. So, Barb... Yeah, I'm so glad you came out today. I wanted to bring you in, you know, to talk a little bit about owning your power, but in a way, like, you really have this great piece around bringing systems in, which makes it easier for people to own their power in business. Yeah, and of course, you say bold, sexy, and fun, and, and systems don't sound like fun. So <laughs> I'm, I'm really grateful to be here. This is going to be, we, we are going to have fun. We are, we are. We always do. That is always the goal. Yeah, and you know, that's a really good point about that people don't think about systems is being fun and of course one of the things that I teach is that whole idea of that ask the question of how can this be more fun so I know you have a lot of fun creating systems because <laughs> you love them yes and that makes it easier for, for your clients yes to, yeah. to fall in love with them yeah so if you were helping people to you know get comfortable with systems what advice would you give them well, I, I think the biggest thing is that they don't have to do systems the way someone who's a technical writer who writes procedures for a living does them. I think that's the biggest thing is people go, oh my gosh, I have to write these horrendous documents that have to be 30 to 60 pages long and they have to be tied into everything that, no, it just needs to be neat and tied into what you do. And bullet points are as, as good for a small business as, as a big document would be for a large business, so... Just easy. Make it easy as make possible. Make it easy. Yeah. yeah. Make it easy. Make it fun. Yeah. <laughs> Great piece. Yeah. Because I know for myself, I've really, you've followed me for a while. Mm-hmm. Systems have been my nemesis, mm-hmm. I swear. And honestly, it is probably me that is the biggest cog in the wheel yeah. of this. Do you get that with other people or is well, that just me? No, it, it's the way we think. We're, we all, thank goodness that we're all different in the world, right? That we don't, ha- we don't all think the same way. We don't all do things the same way because a whole world of me would be crazy, you know, and, be, and we'd be bored because we, we need the difference, right? Yeah. So you think differently than I do. You think uh, you're more creative. You think differently in, in the steps that you want to do and you think it internally. And we were talking about this just before we got on, right? <laughs> yeah. When I when I do interviews, when I was had the television show, I have to have my, the kind of the ideas that I wanted to take through written down because that's the way I think. And I have a process around it and it happens that way every time. And you can just step in and you know what it is that you want to do, but it's internal. Yeah. And the difference for a business is if it's always internal, you can never step away from the business. You can't sell it like you were able to do with your other business. Once we get all the systems in place and someone else looking after it for Yay. you, um, you can't do that if it's internal. So you have to get the internal documents out and into to paper to actually be able to create a bigger business. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love that feedback of you know how. That's what I love about you. You have a way of taking what people give you for information and. Spitting it back out so that it makes sense. And it's like, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Like, I got it, but I didn't get it. It's, you know, so getting that piece of the, it's like, oh, I, it's not that I'm, like, refusing to be organized. I am organized. It's just it's shuffled in my head yeah. of where, yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. And lots of people love to keep it in their heads. Lots of people with successful businesses like you have 
what you know approaching the million or a couple million dollars and they're going I can't grow any bigger and it's like okay time to get it out of your head right <laughs> and as soon as they do that then whew, away they go yeah nice yeah. nice so I know one of the things that, <clears throat> that kind of prompted us to to book this time yeah was we got talking the other day about the story that you told in one of your classes so you, of course you teach at the college and you were telling us a story about, you know, the five closest people. And you had this great explanation of, you know, how to understand the impact that that has. So, yeah. You just want me to share this story I, about the yeah, class. Okay. Story. Yeah. That's so great. I teach introduction to entrepreneurship at the college. I've been doing it for about six years. When I'm teaching them, I, I want to get them into the mindset of entrepreneurship and, and the growth. And I teach them a lot about self-assessments and whatnot. And I want them to also recognize that the people that they spend their time with, the most amount of time with, are the people that affect how um, successful or unsuccessful they will be. It's a lot of fun because we talk about, um, or I tell them about Dr. McClellan out of the um, Harvard University finally did research on this because I think since the time of Think and Grow Rich or maybe earlier, we've had the concept of the five people you spend the most amount of time with affect you and how you become. You become kind of the average of, of those five right. people, right? And yeah. I know I'd heard it for years. Oh, I've heard it for years. Yes, yeah. And it wasn't until I heard this research from Dr. McClellan that he had looked at our reference group, which is the people we spend the most amount of time with, and found that 95% of our successes or failures could be directly attributed to our reference group. And high. it is very high. And it's like, oh, no, that explains a huge amount. And when you when you start looking at the, the neuroscience behind it and whatnot, this, it's a whole different conversation. Mm -hmm. But what I love to do in class, and, and this is easy for anyone else to do, is I like to actually put it into a table so that we can uh, we can evaluate the people we spend time with, right? <laughs> and, and it's fun because I, I do it at the beginning of, of the year so that I don't actually know their names. I don't know who they are. And I just pick them names random, randomly off of it and I say that my closest friends are Tony and Sarah and Angela and I just pick the names off of my attendance list so that right. people are actually in the class <laughs> and then I I go down and I write like the parameters of what's important to me you know are they business minded are they healthy are they good with money and so there's you know anything that's important to you and what you want in your growth you put down the other side and then I start evaluating them, you know, do, and one of the things I put down there usually is do they drink? And, and so I tell a story. Me and my, my closest friends, Angela and Tony and uh, Sarah, uh, we lived together in the, in the uh, trailer park. And, uh, you know, I was realizing that I wanted to do some other things and I just couldn't seem to be able to do it. And I kept asking Angela and Tony and Sarah, you know, why can't we do more? And they couldn't really figure it out. And I, I realized I should do this analysis. So I started to start it by saying that me and a few of the students from the classroom live in a trailer park together. <laughs> and uh, when we start the analysis of who, you know, my, you know, when I look at the drinking, Tony drinks way too much. He's only a two in the drinking. But Sarah, Sarah, she only drinks on weekends. So she's like a six, right? But I would really like it if people didn't drink at all that I was around, except for on on. Uh, occasions right so none of my friends are above a six when it comes to drinking hmm I wonder what that means right and then we we look at the other things none of them are good at finance except for Sarah Sarah loves to put money away so Sarah always seems to have money well maybe Sarah's a little higher and when I looked at the numbers so we we put out we fill in all the numbers right it was funny that I chose Tony because Tony when they were pointing at him and laughing 
he obviously works out. So this young man is a very fit young man. And I put down under fitness a 10 and they're all going, yeah, Tony's a 10, right? And he's, and he stands up and he's just, he's bruiser, right? <laughs> I'm going, well, I, I, I guess I got that one right. So when we were going through it, Tony's a 10, but he was also a drunkard and the classes kill themselves laughing. So it was a great way to get them all involved. But when they got to the end and they realized when he did the calculation, Tony was the loser. We really shouldn't hang around with Tony anymore. Spends way too much time with his weights and his bottles, right? <laughs> but it's fun to recognize that you can seriously use this assessment to go through and assess the people that you're spending most amount of your time with, not your children, not your parents. You know, they're going to be a part of your life anyhow. Um, you <laughs> should, might, should you cut them off? <laughs> you, should, you should put your spouse in there and you don't have to show your spouse how they show up, but you may have to change the way you're, you know, if they, if they show up as a two on the average, as opposed to a seven or an eight or a nine, which would be better, then you may have to change your relationship slightly. Uh, or maybe you already knew that the relationship itself was not healthy for you. Mm. So it becomes really... Um, uh, insightful in what it is that you want to do to be able to move forward in your life mm -hmm. and you can also start putting in people that you would love to spend time with right so if there's people you don't spend time with put them in there too and evaluate them and what you see as their benefit to you that same list of parameters you know are they healthy do they drink oh you know i love dana because dana she's healthy she looks at she she knows what um you know how to look after herself she knows about f different foods and stuff like that and, oh, she enjoys a glass of wine, but she doesn't drink all the time. So I don't have to worry about, you know, hanging out in the trailer park with her. <laughs> and she doesn't live in a trailer park. Check. That's Check. a 10, right? So um, there's, it, it, it becomes really eye-opening as to why you're spending time with people, who you might not want to spend as much time with, who you might actually want to let go of in your life. Wow. Um, and, and who's been holding you back and why you, why you're constantly trying to be around certain people because they fulfill the need that you need to be able to become more successful in the things you do. So yeah, yeah that's, that is a fun story. It's a very fun story. And you know, I'm also like, as I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm realizing, you know, this is a great, um, piece to be able to take it out of what's in your head. Right. And that unknown idea of. I, I kind of think these people are not good for me, but I don't really fully know why. And taking it and putting it into something very concrete. Yeah. Where it's clear. It's like, okay, well, there's a lot of twos on that board of yeah. all the things that I say are important to me and where I want to go. So it's like, wow, no wonder it doesn't feel like they're such a good fit. Mm -hmm. And you knew it, but sometimes it's not until you actually put the reasons why and then evaluate them, mm -hmm. then you can make that. So the decision matrix can be used for anything. Yeah. Uh, and I use it a lot to help people make decisions, particularly when the decision is very emotional. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've, I helped, I actually helped a girlfriend uh, into her divorce. <laughs> And, and, I, and it wasn't meant to, it wasn't looking for that. Like I have no agenda in it. It's, it's just their questions. But when they went through it and, and what it was most important to them and what was holding back, the, she came up with a conversation that she had with her husband. They came up with the, the agreement right. and it was a happy divorce. Oh. They're, they happily, they still work together in the same um, place and they see each other. Their kids are happy. They, you know, there was no argument over who's going to be, looking after the kids or, you know, right. everything was shared and it was a much better way to go through the decision making as opposed to 
you know, trying to blame some someone for the way you feel, right? Yeah, and that's like it's so often people will do that. They get into this space of needing to make the other person wrong in order to separate, in order to just, you know, honor this piece of I need to separate, mm-hmm. but without that, you know, um, disconnected, mm-hmm. you know, space of it, right? Being able to have an outward look at what's going on, that evaluation. Yeah then you just get into that loop yeah. where you have to make them wrong. Yeah. And I, we've all been through that. Like I've been on both sides of that equation. It's not very fun. Yeah. 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 And if you want to be successful, you have to be in healthy relationships, all of your relationships. Yes. And that's not easy. I mean, your, your parents are going to be a difficult and some people have had to step away from their parents and their families. Mm-hmm. And some people, um, you know, like I'm in the in the sandwich area right now where I've got children that are in their teens needing me. And, of course, they're my children, so they need me. So no matter what, I'm going to be attentive to them. But my parents are also in a place where they're starting to need their children. Right. And I'm there for them, but I don't have to hang around with them. They don't have to be my the cornerstone to my success or the way I think or the things that I do. Yeah. Good points. I love this. I really love this. Because it's it's kind of like weaving the logical, linear aspect and then pulling in this magical energy piece Mm -hmm. where they intersect. And really, there's no separation between any of them. But it's so interesting to get um, a look at the different ways that people work with things. Mm -hmm. And, And I think, you know, I know that a lot of people that have studied energy work do you know, I know that, you know, I come from access consciousness, mm-hmm. spent a lot of time in that. And there's a lot of points of view about that you just need to feel it, you know, that this is the way to do it and that that logical linear is shunned, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be yeah, because there's yeah. still an energy component to it. Yeah. The fascinating part about this, this separation of energy and universe and logic and science. I mean, the, the Catholic Church, what, hundreds of years ago, separated science from it from the belief system, meaning that everything that is in existence, you can't study it because that would mean that you're, you know, somehow against the religious beliefs or something. It, they don't believe that anymore, but it's, <laughs> it's even hard. It's, it's still hard. There's a, a lot of transition that has to go because yeah. they still separate it as two different belief systems. And really, they're the same. And not that we really want to get into a whole bunch of, uh, you know, um, religious talks. But I think when, when we understand that our systems around us are full of energy, everything that's physical in our world, everything that we understand, everything that we don't understand, is all a part of our science. It's all a part of our, and it's all a part of our belief system. And they happen to be the same thing. We just don't know how to describe it yet. So right. the farther we get along in the sciences, the easier it is to describe the things that we didn't know in the past, right? Yeah. And, you know, constant advances. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. So I love the idea of, of being connected uh, energetically because once we become aware that we have this ability to actually connect with everyone on a different scale, mm-hmm. and you know it. I mean, everybody knows it. They just don't know it in the... In the uh, in that logical sense. When you walk in a room and you get that feeling, go, oh, I don't really want to be here. Or that person approaches you and you think, oh, there's something really 
strange about that person. I don't really want to spend time with it because mm-hmm. you can feel, and you're so good at this. I mean, I've learned so much from you around how to, how to be able to feel this and, and uh, ask the questions and make it a little more conscious, right? Yeah. But um, I think we all have this in- intuitively, and, but we ignore it. Absolutely. So having someone like you who's actually bringing it awake to, and aware to people makes it important. Yeah, and, and translating it so that it's like, okay, I have this vague kind of sense, and then being able to you know probe in and get people to fine-tune that skill, mm-hmm. right? Hone it in. So now, oh, okay, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. Right, now what do I do with it? Yeah. Yeah, so I taking that back to the five people that you're with yes. and how it affects you is that you are so consciously aware of how you have to behave to be in their good books, mm. right? It's, we're always trying to impress the people around us. We're always trying to make it so that we don't, or it might be that we don't upset them. Right. Right. So if you're walking on eggshells around people, mm. then you aren't acting in your highest and best place right and that's you know it's sad because when I meet people and I haven't found a person yet that I haven't seen a huge potential in but I get sad when I see the huge potential and know that there's never you know I I'm not the person that can get them there Mm -hmm. I'm not the person that can change because I'm not that's not my core competency and it's not what I want to do I'm not the person to change people's energy yeah I'm the person that takes them from the when they're going yes ready to go okay come on <laughs> now let's go now now let's implement those systems yes let's do yeah let's do the work now and uh, on on the systems and be, beforehand they have to do the work on themselves so there's yeah it's a yeah. whole different world of of people that can help with that but it's great that you're aware of that piece yeah because i like i've seen a number of business coaches you know the who will just go will just get over yourself mm. and just pick up the phone and do it and it's like well that's not necessarily helpful, right? If there's a whole lot of blockage around picking up the phone, maybe we need to spend some time working on that before we start looking at the actions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know what? That's interesting because I've, I've always wondered why I don't think of myself as a coach. And I don't. You know, I took the coaching certifications because I wanted the tools but I don't like the coaching model. I don't think of myself as a coach. And it really is because the coaching system tells you that you can help people through this kind of stuff. Of course, not mental disabilities or anything. If you need a therapist, they send mm-hmm. you to a therapist, but that there's certain things that you can help people through and that somehow that's part of your competency as well. I am really specifically a, a business strategist. Like I work really well on the things that happen inside business. And mm-hmm. and I can see that clearly that people need help in another area. And we were talking about someone just before we got on. Yeah. That, um, you know, she's got money. She's got time. She's got, she's really willing to do all the work. And the more we talked, it's like, you know what? I, her problem isn't what she what doing the work she's been on top of it and everything her problem is really herself and that and the challenges she has with the people around her and the things that she wants and what she won't look at and i'm like this is not for me this is for dana dana can look after this. this is not for me right but yeah i think that's a that's a really key component of you know being around five people understanding that you don't need to own their shit Yes, I know. We can swear on that. I know. I know. It's it's already been marked explicit. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, so you don't need to own their shit. You don't have to uh, look after them. They're not your responsibility. No. And you don't have to blame them for your stuff either. 
but it's it's also that you can be yourself and do your own things and be great at it and not and you need to be surrounded by people who go good for you yeah you know and that's a really important piece like as I know comparatively like my ex was not supportive called my work voodoo mm-hmm. didn't see any value in it was constantly you know putting it down poo pooing it said I couldn't make any money at it. Mm-hmm. And, and really pushed me to keep that store because mm-hmm. he saw that was the money maker. And now I have the complete opposite. I have a husband who is cheering me on, who when I said I'm putting the store up for sale, he's like, thank fucking God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? He's a good man. Yes, he's yes. a really good man. Yeah. And, you know, when I'd be questioning myself, he's like, no, you need to sell the store. You need to get doing what you're passionate about. Yeah. And that has made such a big difference for me to be able to step up and do this. Because, you know, coming out and saying, oh, I'm a former dominatrix. Not exactly, you know, run of the mill. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And the people that didn't run when you said that are the people that are part of the of, of your inner circle that are helping you get to where you want to go. Yes. So, yeah. It's yeah. very... <laughs> yeah. And that is... Uh, that's not the, something that you can easily share and feel comfortable with. So, the, the, that whole transition for you has been incredibly awakening for the people around you. And I think it has made a difference in how you show up for them as well. So, it, I mean, not just your clients, but for your inner circle, yeah. because now they are like, oh, well, we have, we can have, if Dana can have that conversation, I can certainly have a conversation about things that are a little more understood by the, the general populace, right? So, yeah. Because people don't understand, this is not about sex. <laughs> this is about your power, right? And I love when people go, oh, I'm really happy with my husband. It's <laughs> like, I, and it's good, because I'm not here offering anything. <laughs> It's great, not looking for those kinds of clients. I'm, yes. I'm all good. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so what else would you see as a value? So if you're talking to entrepreneurs and we're looking at this idea of, you know, the, the five people closest to you, mm-hmm. um, do you have any other, is there any other things that you would say, you know, for them to look at, any other tools or? Well, I think once you've decided that, so I, I did this a couple of years ago and I had some people on my list that I don't spend a lot, I didn't spend a lot of time in, with. And there was one person that I didn't spend any time with that I identified that I really wanted to spend time with. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a little awkward because what do you say to someone? You know, we're not really friends, but, I'd like but I, would, I would like to be friends <laughs> with you and I want to I want to spend regular time with you because I see you as a potential person inside my inner circle helping me and me helping you becomes more successful right so uh, understanding that you're going to have to have a conversation with people and uh, the funny thing is is this person said to me oh my gosh I'm so grateful so here here I am again thinking that I'm the person asking please please can I have some more porridge and they're the (laughs) ones sitting there going you know um, you're the one with the pot of porridge can you share it with me and, right. and then I started, you know, so I was recognizing that I had already made it to a certain level that I was at a place where I could share easily with other people. Mm-hmm. And the people that I want to share with were at a level that I wanted to be at. So it was, you know, it was, it was fascinating. You need to be surrounded by people that are different than you, that are, um, but are looking forward at into life this in the same way that you do yeah so you want you know you want people that are if if you're family oriented 
then you want someone who is also, they're happy with their, their situation, whether they're happy being single, but they, you know, spend time with their parents or their nieces and nephews or whatever that might be, or they're happily in their marriage. Or if they're like me, I have a, a husband of 27 years and three kids. And I'm happy in that I look for people who are happy in their relationships. And that's important to me, right? So yeah, you want people that are on the same, yeah, on the same trajectory. Am I saying that right? Trajectory. I, I don't oh, know. <laughs> someone will someone will put it on. Someone will put it on. Yeah. What's the, what's the pronunciation yeah. of that word? <laughs> Dictionary.com apparently has that. I'll look it up afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, and you know it makes sense because if you're in a great relationship and having a good relationship is important to you then spending time with other people who are also happy with their relationship status. And I love the fact that you said, if they're single and they're happy with it, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to be in a relationship, but they have to be comfortable with it. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you get people who are like, oh, I can't stand my husband, and he drives me crazy, and he did all he did today. Mm-hmm. Right? Or I can't stand being single. Oh, and God. I'm constantly like, why doesn't anyone love me? And how yes. come I can't find the right there's person? No good men out there. There's no good men, but there's all kinds. <laughs> but like, as long as you're saying that, like, you're gonna be right. Probably not gonna find them with that attitude. You know, <laughs> just saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just told me I'm not a good man. I don't think I'm the right man for you. Yeah, <laughs> maybe this is maybe not gonna work out. You know, I'm thinking no. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so awesome. How are we doing for time? We, what time did we start? I have no idea. Okay, neither do I. <laughs> Very loosey-goosey. Let's come back around to systems because, you know, that is really where I see your brilliance. Mm -hmm, Thank you. Um, So what systems could you, I mean, I know some some of it needs to be seen, but if you were to give somebody a starting point of like, okay, how do I take my life, my business from this big jumbled mess that it is and starting to getting it streamlined? I think... So if, if you feel that your business is a cloud of stuff that is just swirling around you all the time, my first idea would be to help, get someone to help you pull the pieces out so that, you know, you just identify what the pieces are that you don't have systems around. Mm. It's, it's really hard to put a system in when you actually don't know what it is that you're trying to manage. Very right? good point. So, um, and it's hard to find what you're trying to manage when you're already, you know, caught in the quagmire of this cloud or fog, I like to think of it, because that's the way I think. When I have something that I want to put into place, if I can't clearly see a path to the end, it's a fog to me. And it's just a whole bunch of different pieces that are out there that I can tell that are moving around, but I don't know what they are. And as I pull them out, I, you know, you set them down, you go, all these pieces, what's the path? then you can start looking at what the path is. And when you can find a path, that's really what a system is. A system is a way to get to a get to the end or to a result, right? Or to solve a problem. And yeah. to be able to get there, you have to know what the pieces are. So yeah, get some help, find the pieces, and then create the path. I love it. You know, like it just, it always amazes me how you're able to just do that, right? Just like I just, I throw this question at you. You, know, you have no warning. There was no pre-list of no. questions I was going to ask know. you. That drove me crazy I too, know. right? I was like, what, what are we doing? Oh, where's the structure? There's no structure. No, there's no structure with me. So, but you, you make that really simple to understand. Yeah. And I also love the fact that it's, you know, it's, it's about having some, 
vantage point on it, right? So we're taking it out of our head, putting it in front of us, and then from a detached point of view, we're taking a look at what the moving pieces are. And if you're not able to get a detached point of view on your own, bring somebody in. Yeah. yeah. And somebody else is not attached to that pile of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who doesn't, you know, if you get your husband who's worried about you making the, you know, the money mm. or your wife, or, like your spouse or something, or, or your parents who really think you should go back and get a real job or something, they're not going to be as unbiased as you <laughs> yeah. need. You really have, like you said, get someone who's unattached to what it is or detached from what it is that you're trying to do. They don't have any agenda for the, yes. the outcome. Yes. And then when they're doing it, they're just, they're going to throw things at you and you're going to go, oh, didn't think of it that way. That's a really good point. You had to stand outside yeah. looking in to see what the mismatch was, right? Yeah. Which also brings up for me, I just want to you know give a shout out for your CEO Elite program, mm. right? And that's a huge value of that program is that you have all of these brilliant people who are part of your group mm. who love to see you grow and, and prosper, mm-hmm. but are not emotionally attached to it. So they can give an objective viewpoint as to what's going on. And they often do. <laughs> yeah. So you can't come in with a, you know, I, I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> um, and you shouldn't be hurt by it because these people are trying to, you know, ensure that what you get and what you do is going to also grow your business because you're now part of their inner circle, right? Yeah. And if you're bringing brilliance to them, then they want to be able to give that back. And it's a, it's a kind of based on advisory boards and how advisory boards work inside of businesses. But I created it for small business because small business just doesn't really have this ability to create an advisory board of really brilliant people Mm -hmm. that are willing to come together with you four times a year and make sure that you get exactly what you need to grow your business and not hold back. Right. Right. Because you're, like I said, your parents are going to go, well, my mom, this morning I'm talking to her and I (laughs) told her I don't usually teach more than one class at Georgian. uh, So at the college. And um, this semester, for some, they really needed someone. Please, can you take it? And so I took on a second class, and I said, I am overwhelmed trying to do my business and look after two classes at the same time. Mm-hmm. And she goes, but it's more money, isn't it? And I'm, yes, mom, it's more money. Because that was, it's not, she's not the person who's going to tell me, you know, well, just don't do it again. You know, because you can say no. And I should have said no. But, you know. But you forgot to ask me first. So. <laughs> I would have reminded you. Yeah, you can't you say no. Can't say no. It's yes. not your responsibility that the yes. program doesn't have a teacher. I know. I'm. I'm a little. I. I shouldn't <laughs> blame them um, because I love that the class that they yeah. offered me, and I love the students. But it really, I now that I'm in it, I'm going breath right. Two classes too many. Yeah, one class too many. Yeah. 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 Well, and for future. Yep. And that's so awesome. Saying no will be easier. Yeah. So if people want to get in touch with you, how do they find you? Well. Excuse me, they can check out theceoelite.com and um, there's information on there. They can contact me at barb at theceoelite.com or they can, uh, if they want to text me, they can at my cell phone. It's 705-721-3183. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And of course, we'll have all those links in the show notes. Cool. Um, all your information will be there. So thank you so much for coming out. This was fun. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. Throw it at you. Wing it. No structure. No structure. (laughs) I still had a great time. It was good. Fabulous. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to The Inner Dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready 
to own your inner dominatrix? Then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com, and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life.